The following podcast is brought to you by EPN, the Encore Podcast Network. Hello once again, Warriors. Hello once again, Airwaves. It's been a minute, but uh, we are back. Welcome to your favorite professional wrestling podcast. This is, oh God. You alright? Yeah, I just realized the echo was on for a minute, so. I was going to say, Z, turn turn the fader up a bit. You know what? Maybe I don't don't need need to. to. Maybe Maybe I can can do the whole podcast podcast like like this. this. No, just playing. I don't want to do that. Okay. But anyway, uh, (laughs) welcome back to another episode, another exciting episode of your favorite professional wrestling podcast. This is Talk His War. Uh, I am your host, Alpha Z, and also your hosts. Uh, first up, we have the Dark One, the General of the Underworld Army. This is Hades. How have you been, my man? I'm doing good, doing good. That's great, man. It, it's been a while since we've all talked. So. going to be another driving podcast today. I'm getting ready to go to work. Ah, nothing wrong with that. And uh, let's see here. At least this time I won't get lost out back roads. Yeah, no kidding. And, of course, Mr. Calm, Cool, and Collected Switchblader. How have you been, man? I'm doing good, brothers. Uh, just pretty much got back to the house. I went and put, picked some blackberries from a buddy of ours that lives down the road. And mm, got a good love blackberries. I just picked some up from the grocery store. Huh? Uh, blackberries. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, he's got like a whole garden set up to where he's got blackberries, blueberries, squash. That's cool. Squash sounds good right now. Like some squash pasta or something. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, this isn't a gardening podcast. This is a professional (laughs) wrestling podcast. But, you know, if you guys have a garden, please, you know, let us know. We'd love to hear Right, that sure. that can be that can be one of Switchblader's podcasts for the network. Yeah, yeah, gardening. gardening with Switchblader. Yeah, cool. give me gardening tips. Yeah. So uh, it, we are doing our first show since our break. Uh, took a bit of a break, a, li- a bit longer than we wanted to, but you know, are we still season four? Or are we calling this season five now? This we're still season four, but. Coming up soon, it's going to be season five. So this is pretty much the halfway, or at least more than halfway point to uh, uh, of season four. So, yes. well, it's good to be back. Uh, yeah. Did we each go on vacation, or was it just me? Did you guys go? I am um, going in August. Oh, okay. Yeah, nothing. Okay, that's cool. I'm still saving my vacation time up to come and see you guys. Oh, that's awesome, man. I can't wait for that. doesn't want to go uh, on anything fancy. He just wants to see his brothers. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. I'm I'm, I'm very flattered. Thank you. Well, I mean, if y'all want to do something fancy, we can do something fancy. That's totally up to y'all when I get there. Yeah, we'll Square it, it Circle Burger! Yeah, that's true. And, and it's not really fancy, but, you know, it's nice, so we can do that. Well, uh, I went to Miramar Beach, Florida, uh, right next to Destin, pretty much Destin. But uh, it was great. I, I had a really good time. Were you down there when all the hurricanes hit? Actually, no. 
Uh, no, Beefcake beef was down there when oh, was he okay? Alyssa hit. Yeah, he's fine. Um, oh, good. Oh, God, that's great. And I didn't know yeah, Beefcake was down there. I saw but, it on uh, his Instagram. Funny thing is, we were down there for about a week, and next thing you know, uh, we were eating at the Melting Pot on Thursday night, right? And really cool place, by the way. I'll tell more about it if you guys don't know what it is. But uh, we ate there. And the waitress was like, uh, hey, uh, you know, you guys might want to uh, get home soon. You know, it's uh, it's about it's about to be a storm. And then we were like, well, what storm? Because there was nothing happening outside. But little did we know there was a huge ass storm coming for us the next day. And so we had to go that uh, on Friday morning. We were supposed to leave Saturday day, but we left Friday morning. Because we did not want to get near that storm. And it would have been bad. We would have been trapped on the island. So, glad we got out of that situation. That's not a plot for a horror movie at all. No, God, no, no. All right, well, hope you guys had a good break or good vacation, whatever you might have done. And, well, let's go ahead and get some fan mail. Guys, it's been a long time since we had some, and... It's been it's been collecting up, so I'm glad we're doing this. All right, this uh, first one is from Amazing Blue, and I believe he's written in before. Maybe not. I I'm not sure. He has. It's been a long. We were still. He was part of our first batch of fan mail when we first started doing. Cool. Well, I'm glad you remembered. I can't remember for shit. And Amazing Blue says... I think he wrote in Switchblader's first personal. Maybe. I'm not sure. Amazing Blue, he says, what are your guys' thoughts on Nikki Cross's new superhero gimmick? I think that it is a fresh start. I I think it's something uh, unique, you know? And, you know, we've seen some superhero gimmicks come and go. Uh, a la uh, Hurricane, Hurricane Helms, and Mighty Molly, of course. And, you know, it's uh, at once upon a time Hulk Hogan, too, to a lot of people. So, you know, there's nothing really that different. We've seen superheroes before. Most have succeeded, some not so much. But, you know, this could, she could be one of the ones to succeed. So... And uh, th- I heard this is completely her idea, so that's great. I'm glad she's not just being given, you know, scripted verbiage and whatnot and, you know, a character that was completely pushed by Suits. So I'm glad that, you know, this is something unique and original out of her uh, creative mind. So that's good. And I like I like Nikki Cross, so all I want her to do is succeed. So, yeah, I like it. Uh, what about you, man? Switch player? Hmm? Um, I mean, I I like it. It was I was first skeptical of it when she first came out with this um persona or character that she's doing now, and it honestly it does kind of give me like attitude, like late attitude and ruthless aggression era yeah. type vibes, but it's something. Like you said, it's something she wanted to do. It was something that she thought about doing. 
and I am happy to know that they're allowing her to at least be able to be creative when it comes to how she wants to go in WWE at the moment. Right. And I don't get why fans were shitting on it so early. I was seeing so so many hateful comments, like, just everywhere about it. People saying, oh, they ruined her. Oh, God, a superhero? Oh, another superhero? Ugh, and all that. But they don't realize that this is out of her mind. And it's kind of cool. It, it, it didn't even get started yet. Like, it was the first time she appeared as it, and they said, oh, God, they ruined her. But they didn't even give it a chance. So... That's kind of stupid. Yeah. Hades, what do you think, man? I I am... I'm intrigued to see how it goes. Mm -hmm. I I agree with some of the fans that are saying it's another superhero. Um, I get that it's her idea, but it is another superhero. We've right, but there, there hasn't million... been one in a very long time, at least. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how it goes because if she plays the superhero right, I think it'll be good for Nikki. Mm-hmm. But if she lets the fans and all these people hating on the superhero get to her, then it's going to flounder real quick and fall off. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think a good advantage with uh, having a superhero gimmick is that it appeals to the younger audience, you know? And a lot of us growing up, we see these uh, wrestlers, these larger-than-life people as superheroes in, in some sorts of ways. So I think her gimmick goes hand-in-hand hand with, you know, uh, the, the grasp of professional wrestling and the theater of it. So I think that... You know, this is definitely interesting, and I can't wait to see what happens next. And we 100% support Nikki Cross. Right? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. I didn't doubt you guys. Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to make sure. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, I sent yours to you, Switchblader. Uh, you were the only one that got a single piece of personal fan mail. So... I'm not going right. to lie. I'm a little jealous, but, you know. I haven't gotten any in forever. This, Me either. This is bullshit. I know. I know. All right. The go go, go ahead. The warriors have spoken. The warriors have spoken. But, okay, I'll go with it. Um, the fan mail that we got, well, I got with it is from, we got. Jer it's from Jerry from Milwaukee. And his question, his question is Switchblader Hold on, fuck, I just messed it up. You're good, is, you're good. Is Switch, Switchblader a fan of death matches? Because if not, this would seem something like Hades would have better taste in. Um, Where, honest, real quick, real quick. Yeah. Where is Milwaukee? That's Wisconsin, right? Yeah, Milwaukee was Wisconsin. Okay, that's what I thought. All right, sorry, go ahead. Capital. No, you're good, man. You're good. Um, I don't know my capitals. Can uh, we also address how passive aggressive you said we got? <laughs> I'm sorry. I I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know many of my capitals. All right, I, I'm not in the third grade no more. I wasn't 
top very much of that. But anyway, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I would say with death matches, I do, I do like them because of the fact of those matches are pretty much there. If rivalries have gotten to a certain point, they are set to where you're going to be set in a. Blueberries, Ooh, what's ready? Blueberries. Oh, my, even better. My, my father went and got blueberries. That's cool. Yeah. Um, um, I would say with death matches, I do like them for the fact that with some wrestlers who have that mindset of getting into, I guess you could say, um, that mood, I wouldn't say mood, but like that um, attitude to know that as soon as they get into this match, this match is going to be brutal. It's going to be gruesome. Right. And it's someone, that anticipation, you know? Yeah. And someone, in the sense of the name Deathmatch, could die or both people could die. Quite it's, possibly. It's, it's really great. Like, I like it. And I even like some of the matches that Japan did, some of the matches – And apart from that, it's just different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. And I think not a lot of people like it. But, I mean, that that's okay. You can have your taste. But, like, if if you kind of think of it like this, it, it kind of makes it easier to understand. Some matches serve a singular purpose. All right? There's matches that put people over. There's matches that solely uh, bury people. And there's... Some gimmick matches, uh, quotation mark gimmick matches, and they, you know, they serve a purpose. And some of them being a death match, that, that's pretty much the, hey, this is the climax or the end of this specific, you know, uh, rivalry or, or uh, you know what I mean. Basically, I think death matches serve their own purpose. And... Not everyone has to do them, of course. I mean, I don't expect fucking Ric Flair to battle with Terry Funk in a barbed wire death match or something like that. So, I mean, that'd be interesting, though. That would be. That would be. I'm not going to lie. But I'd want <laughs> to see those geriatric fucks do that. Oh, God. Yeah. Especially Terry Funk. Love Terry. Yeah. I don't even know if Terry Funk can get up the damn stairs to the ring anymore. I don't know. I, I have not seen him in a very long time. I, I, no, okay. no, he, what? He, he he's old man. Like he he's literally like how Jake's Jake the Snake is a little bit. Oh, right. yeah. It's right. like slowly making it towards you know everything he can. Yeah, yeah. All right, and our next question. Oh, thank you, by the way. Uh, whoever that was, what Jerry? Jerry, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. And this next one is from the Midnight X Pod. I assume pod means podcast. I don't know. I have a question for you guys that may be a little harder to answer. If you could pick one wrestler from the WWE that would have been perfect for ECW, who would it be? Uh, I had to think about this several times over. I was going to say a couple, but uh, I just decided to pick one. I think Baron Corbin would be perfect for ECW uh, simply because the lone wolf 
is one of my favorite characters ever. I, I love Baron Corbin. He's got a great moveset. He's got great attitude. His work is good. He's not very sloppy. He's pretty solid on the mic, I will say. And I really don't see why people shit on him so much. But ECW would be the perfect fit for him. Because, you know, he could brawl. He could, you know, probably do a street fight kind of scenario. He can do a Broadway match and make it look good. I think he'd be perfect for ECW. And with that crowd, I think that they would find him appealing to that certain aura. So, Baron Corbin. All right. Uh, any of you guys? Miz. The Miz. Yes. <laughs> Is that solely because you want to see him get, you know, pummeled and shit by, by other ECW? I'm one of the rare fucking people that likes the Miz. No, his, like- attitude, his attitude would match ECW so damn well. It would he's because scrappy, he- he's good on the mic, and he's a dick. And he knows how to use all of it. That's that's a good point. And he's a, he's a pretty good worker. He's, he's a veteran. Or at least now he is. And... Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And whenever he needs to be intense, whenever he needs to reach down and pull up that aggression and, you know, come back, I I think he's he can do it and he can pull it off. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that fan mail and immediately went, the fucking man. Yeah, yeah. And I think he can be hardcore too if you put him in that scenario. Maybe. All right. And Switchblader. Um, I have two actually. One I know he's been, he's done a few ECW matches when they were around at the time, and that would be Jeff Hardy. I think he would have perfect, perfect. Yeah, you mean as a full time ECW wrestler, though, right? Yes, because I mean, just with how the way he was when. Attitude Era was going in and also going into Ruthless Aggression as well. Just the matches and the stuff he was willing to pull and do for each of the matches he did, there was always a hardcore or risk-taking aspect of it when he did those, even though he knew for sure if something went wrong, you know, hey, it's the business. Oh, absolutely. But I can also say, apart from him, I think Kevin Owens would fit perfectly as oh, well. Oh yes, that would. That's a perfect. Fit. I, I think. Perfect. I think if you had. I think if you had a heel, Owens in ECW, you got the perfect guy right there who would do anything to pretty much take anybody out at any point to injure oh. them, put them on the sidelines. No doubt. Just to make sure he got what he wanted. But Not only if he were, go oh, ahead. Sorry, go. No, no, you hey. go. But I would say if he did a if he was a face in ECW, I could see maybe a little bit going there, but I would rather prefer to see him be a heel if he was in that promotion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd say so too. And I was uh I was actually going to say, you know, we've seen with uh, him working with people like Finn Balor and uh, Sami Zayn or El Generico, you know, I think we've seen that he can 
not only can he do these extreme things, you know, with all the weapons and stuff, but he can also take them. And he can also sell pretty good. He can also put the guy over effectively. I think that Kevin Owens is good enough of a wrestler to not only be great in the WWE or Ring of Honor or PWG or whatever you put him in, I think that he would be most definitely the top guy in a modern-day ECW. So I'd say so. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for a very interesting question. The Midnight X Pod. Don't know if that's a podcast or not. And our last question here is from Natalie from Sacramento, California. Hello, Natalie. Sacramento. Yes, and that is the capital, right? Oh shit! Uh, I think it yes, might be. Yes, yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I know some capitals, Hades. Yeah. You got the biggest fucking state. That's the biggest state. It's the most populated. Oh, I was about to say. I thought Alaska was the biggest. Or is it Texas? I don't know. I don't Alaska know. is the biggest state. Okay. Okay. That's what I thought. Texas is the biggest continental state. All right, this one's from Natalie. Just started listening to you boys, and I love you already. I'm more of a classic fan, and it's good to know that you guys, for the most part, share the same taste. Do you guys have a favorite wrestler from the 80s? Mine is Arn Anderson. Very good pick, Natalie. And my favorite would... Uh, I'm, I'm actually out of time. Mine would be uh, Magnum T.A., I uh, love his work, Crockett Promotions and NWA and all the others. And I think my other one would be Macho Man Randy Savage. Love him. It's a classic. All right. Yeah. Switch Blader? Um, I would have to go with Rick Flair. Rick Flair was one of the best I liked out of the 80s. And I would say... Eight- Michael Hayes, ain't that his name? Michael Hayes. Yeah, yeah, Michael Hayes. When he when he was a part of the wasn't the what was it? What were they called? The the Fabulous Freebirds. Yes, yes. When I would watch the matches he did, just being in a six man tag or even a two man tag, just to see the chemistry he would do with each of his partners, I can't remember them all. all top of my head. I oh, just could remember him. Uh, that. I'm trying to think here. Uh, Jimmy Garvin. Uh, was it? I'm trying to think here. Uh, I think Terry Gordy. Uh, yeah. Hang on. I, I'll look it up while you, while you do this. Go ahead. All right. I would just say with the matches he was able to pull off just with six-man tag and two-man tag were just phenomenal in the rivalry that he had with with going in with the Fabulous Freebirds against the Von Erics, that pretty much was like awesome because they knew what they were doing, the story was there, and there was a lot of feedback from fans, a lot of interviews went behind them. I just loved how that attitude wrestling was and how he was as well, along with Ric Flair. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I absolutely love that 
And okay, okay, I found it. Uh, the members of the Fabulous Free Birds, led by Michael Hayes, were uh, Buddy Roberts, Terry Gordy, and Jimmy Garvin. Okay, okay. I almost said Jimmy Valiant, but I kind of stopped myself. So, all right, uh, Hades, your turn, brother. From the eighties. Yes, yes. Ricky Steamboat. Great pig. Great yes. pig. One yeah. of the greatest in-ring competitors of all time. Uh, multiple rivalries with the likes of Jake the Snake Roberts, the Nature Boy Ric Flair, and, of course, competing in Crockett Promotions and WCW and, of course, the WWF. Very good pick. Very good pick. And, uh, well, that is it. That is it for fan mail. Thank you, Natalie. And thank you, Warriors. If you want to send in some fan mail, that is TIWBayBay at gmail.com. And, uh, okay, let's go ahead and get these uh, little announcements out of the way. Uh, so, uh, from, let's see, from, uh, what is today? Today is the 10th, as we are recording. This may be uh, posted on the 11th. We're not very sure, but this is being recorded on the 10th. Uh, coming up within the next one or two weeks, week and a half or so, I am going to be releasing the first episode of Alpha Flicks, the first podcast brought to you solely by the Encore Podcast Network. So be sure to tune in for that wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Of course, I will be posting links to it on the Facebook page that was made. I was trying to make a Facebook... Actually, no, I was trying to make a Facebook page, but I made a Facebook group, and I didn't know they were two different things. So that threw me off. But, you know, I'll, I'll keep you guys posted about it. And uh, the first movie I will be reviewing will be... Uh, I don't know if it's a Netflix original, but you can catch it there. It is called Dude. If you haven't seen that movie, highly suggest it. And if you want to tune into the podcast to hear me talk about it, please watch the movie because there will be spoilers. So find Dude. It's on Netflix. One word. You're welcome. And uh, we were going to talk about Pride Month, and we are going to. But I just want to let you guys know that we didn't get a chance to tell you guys about Pride Month and uh, why we celebrate it, why we are proud of it, and why we are proud to be who we are. So we're going to be talking about that. And we each also picked our own vintage wrestling matches to watch. And uh, we gave ourselves a timeline between 1975 to... Uh, was it 1995, right? Yeah, we went from uh, 75 to 95. Okay, all right. So that's any matches in between there. And, of course, we dissect it. We talk about it piece by piece and just give our overall thoughts on it. And, you know, maybe this could help you guys learn a little more about vintage wrestling. All right, so I guess we'll... Go ahead and do a commercial break real quick. When we come back, we're going to be talking about vintage wrestling and Pride Month. And uh, stick around.
You know, we could do a penny for your thoughts to uh, kick this next part off if you guys want to. What do you think? I think it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I'm going to go first, if that's okay with you guys. Fine with me. All right. I just want to go ahead and share uh, with you guys the uh, experience that I went through this week or this past week. Uh, so uh, I don't know if many of you warriors uh, follow my Facebook page or I know you guys do. So you guys saw this. Uh, so me and my girlfriend adopted this little cat. Uh, she was just a small kitten. She was about three months, I think, two to three months, somewhere around there. But she looked literally like a one-month-year-old because she was so severely malnourished and ate up with fleas. And she uh, was basically dropped off at my friend's house uh, in a, with, along with this other litter. And, uh, basically, uh, I took her in because I wanted to give her a good home. And we had her for about two days. And, uh, the next day, uh, or the, uh, or the, the, after the second day, the morning, uh, my girlfriend woke me up and was saying that it couldn't move, right? So we didn't, it, or, or it, could, it could move, it couldn't stand. Like it couldn't walk around and shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I was panicking a little bit because we had not seen anything like that before. So I called my friend who is a vet and I asked her what to do over the phone. She said, check her gums. Uh, we checked her gums. They were white. And she said she was going into diabetic shock. Uh, she asked if we had pancake syrup, and we did. So my girl got some on her finger and let her eat it off. And she was starting to move around a little bit, but she still could not stand up. So there was something very, very wrong. So my friend was like, bring her to me. I'll I'll take care of it for free, which was fucking amazing because I was so anxious about spending money and shit and we were broke at the time and so I took her down there and waited a few hours and she passed away and it was it was very very hard I, I'm still hurting to this day I really am and we got so close to her and we were, we were in the middle of coming up with names and that happened. She uh, basically developed anemia through uh, fleas. Her body was so small and just couldn't accept any fluids to fight it all off. And yeah. So uh, that happened. And if you guys are wondering, no, this isn't uh, my cat, Zoo or Izuku, uh, he, he is good. He's fine. Uh, this is a rescue uh, that my friend had. So uh, We didn't get a chance to name her, but on her urn, we are having 
little girl in grade because that's that's what we called her so we could come up with a name and uh, I wanted to share this experience because I know warriors uh, out there I know you guys have lost pets or loved ones of your own and you know pets are they're like kids they're like children they're like little babies so I wanted to let you know that I can relate and you're not alone and you know, maybe this can help some of you understand where some of us come from whenever we develop these certain relationships and feelings for these animals. So. Sorry, sorry man. Hey, it's, it's all sorry good, man. Hey, it's all good, man. Uh, there was virtually, there was nothing we could do. We, there was, we've done everything we could, but if we would have known earlier that we still could not have saved her, so... I was just glad that I could make her comfortable in her last moments and make her feel loved by us all. So uh, I'm, there's that little silver lining there. Yeah. Uh, but thank you guys, really. You know, it's it was it was very hard, but it's great knowing that I have good friends that can support me and help me get through this. <clears throat> We're fan, man. We got each other's back. Hell yeah. All right. Well, uh, enough of that depressing shit. <laughs> so, um, what about you guys? What's on your minds, huh? Um, for me, it's just, I've been thinking about how my job is, how people are, and how it's been since I've started working in the sprinkler business. It's just, I know it's a different ball game. I know it's not like any other job, but I know it's got some similarities to how jobs are. But just the way it is, there are days where I just come in like the happiest person on the planet, just walking into it. I'm going to come in, do what I got to do, make sure everything's going according to what everybody's one and then there's days where I'm just like not in that mood where I want to be aggravated or bothered where if something goes wrong and I got to fix it and then you come and you tell me oh I need to do this and do that I'm going to tell you this right off the bat no not right now at the moment I can't do it right now I yeah. will at some point I just can't do it so don't try to force it and I know there's people out there who deal with those people at jobs or even in life who just, you know, are telling you to do this or have this happen. And, you know, you can't just have it, you know, poof, like it's magic to have it happen or have it done in a flash. It takes time and it takes, you know, everything you can to get it done just make them happy but you need to just focus on doing what you need to do and be happy about what you can't yeah work can be very complicated especially with the people you work with so very good advice and man we are giving some great life advice today on this professional wrestling podcast can you believe it yeah this is this is wonderful 
Well, we um, have experience. Yeah, we do. We do. We do. And it, it, I think it's good that we share it, you know. Yeah. Uh, Hades, what about you, man? What's on your mind? Um, so continuing on the life advice and depression train of many of your thoughts this time around, I recently I fell into a really bad mental state. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've discussed having DID on the cast on the podcast before. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, with that diagnosis, I suddenly had the thought that this is new. I have to find a way to control this. When in actuality, it's I've been this way. I just didn't have a name for it yet. Mm -hmm. And I was struggling with suicidal thoughts, really bad depression, anxiety. I, I got really bad body dysmorphia at one point to where I was looking at old pictures and I noticed my weight loss and I got it into my head. I don't know how many of you have seen The Machinist, but I got it in my head that I looked like Christian fucking Bale from that movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Like I looked like a damn skinwalker, and I <laughs> struggled for a long period of time. Uh, I'm sorry, I just pictured that. Oh God, it did not did not process well with my brain. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh God, I laughed a little more than I should have at that. I'm sorry, man. Ugh. I laugh at inappropriate stuff. I'm sorry. All of us do. I t- <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Is that a disorder? Laughing at inappropriate shit? It's a coping mechanism associated with trauma. That makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, anyway, uh, continue on. Continue on. But I, I ended up talking to a friend about it, and she made me realize that with me trying to control the DID and not going with the flow and being my usual goofy dumbass self, that everything started to pile on gradually over time. And I just let that continue to weigh up and break. Well, the human mind is such an enigma. And it very much is. It's very hard to control. It's very hard to understand. But, you know, step by step, day by day, there are things that we can all do to improve ourselves and to make ourselves that image that we want to be. And I believe in you, Hades. I know that you can do whatever you you want and whatever you can to get yourself in that ideal image. But just remember you're you're a great guy, man. You're perfect the way you are. There's nothing wrong with you. I appreciate no. that. <sighs> I know and... I can sleep through damn damn near anything. Isn't that right, Switchblade? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew we'd circle back around look, that. The silent look, hitter. <laughs> look, look, look. What happened happened, okay? And you're never going to fucking live it down. 
Hey, hey, just to, to just God, to... if if you get married and any of us are in your wedding, I am telling that story. Oh, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't mind that. I don't. If you do, you do. I'm just gonna sit there. I'm probably gonna put my hand over my face and look at my wife and probably be like, "Look, it, it was a long time ago. <laughs> I was young. It, it, it was something. I was just uh, there in my room, and she was there." And... Saber was sleeping, and I had to do something, you know. That's literally how it I went over, and I just hit it real quietly, nicely. Just, just thrusting, 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 thrusting. Wait. Well, still, all right. Thrusting, thrusting, thrusting. Wait. Thrusting, thrusting. Would you rather me come wake you up? At eight o'clock in the morning, just to tell you, hey man, I need you to leave the room right now. I'm getting ready to do something. I got something to take care of. Yeah, like deep, please leave. It was a fucking Thursday, and I had class at eight a.m. Yes. <laughs> Could you please go to class? I'm horny. <laughs> I would prefer that. That's funny. But but you say anything. I I came back or woke up and looked at both of them and immediately fucking knew they did some shit. And I was (laughs) in this room when they did it. Oh, no. It wasn't just that. You... The conversation led up and then that's when you asked me about it and I just looked at you, turned away, continued. (laughs) And then that's when... The sheets around his neck, and or the the blankets are around his neck and shit. He just peeks up, and then he turns back around. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just saying. I'm glad that we're clearing this up after we just got done uh, talking about mental health and feelings. I'm I'm glad that we're talking about a time when fucking Switchblader was being the most quiet hitter porn star of all time. Man, I I tell you, I just well, actually, no. Well, he's not- not really a porn star because I didn't. Who did no. anyone have a camera at all? No. I would have loved to have no. seen this. I'm just saying, like if, no. if he would have had it, the blankets around his neck, and he turns around the '80s, and then he just turns back around. <laughs> uh, well, well, you were sleeping, dude. You you uh, had a smile on your face. You were in a good dream. I was yeah. <laughs> oh, he was smiling, all right. He literally turned his head. He was like snuggled up. Like literally, if you were in a snuggly, that's how he would look. He just he was so comfortable and that's just how I sleep. Snuggly. Yes. <laughs> all right, were... all right. <laughs> we'll debate about this later. All right. So uh guys, let us know what's on your mind. Do you have any college stories? Any funny roommate stories potentially? Yeah, we'd love to have a couple laughs. Maybe we can make that a segment, you know? Our daily college fan mail of the day. Anyway, uh, thank you guys, you know, for that. That was wonderful. And uh, now we are going to be talking about something that had just passed, but we're still going to be talking about it because it's very, very important, especially in today's society, and that is Pride Month. So the whole month is something, it's a sight to behold, and it's so symbolic, it's so mythical. 
just realizing how far the LGBTQ community has come, you know, and it's a beautiful thing. And I'm glad that we have this freedom to celebrate, well, I'd say political freedom, but not necessarily freedom from hate because there's still pieces of shit out there that have a problem with gay people existing, you know, but, um, or, or trans people or, you know, others, but it, it's still symbolic of how far we've come and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yes. And we just want to let you guys know, we 100% support the LGBT community. We already switching up here. We 100% support the LGBT community. And uh, some of us reside in it. We'll let you do the guessing. But uh, some of us reside in a hard guess. (laughs) Well, more than you think. But um, yes. more than you think. But anyway, um, we 100% support it, and some of us are even in the community. Some allies, some not. Uh, but we still support it either way. Some of us are allies. Some of us are gay. Some of us are bisexual. You know, uh, we have trans uh, friends, actually, a few, and. Uh, many more that reside within the LGBT spectrum. So uh, if you out there are in that community, we, we love you for who you are. And well, I, I didn't really do too much celebrating. I've never been to pride, but I've always wanted to change that shit. Oh, man, I'd love to. I'm serious. Like, I'd I'd love to be around that positive energy. You know, it, it it's always been on my bucket list. I gotta say, Pride is amazing. Um, I go to Parkersburg Pride every year. Uh, since we've started having it, that's cool. Uh, I heard that's a big de- deal. You will do. De- you it is. You will deal with protesters. Um, <laughs> They're like any other bully. Ignore them. They'll tire themselves out. Nine Mm -hmm. times out of ten, they have no fucking idea what they're talking about anyway. (laughs) And I think in in some ways, they do have the freedom to do it, kind of, you know, kind of like, well, how we have the freedom now to be proud of who we are. It still doesn't make it morally acceptable, but I guess they sort of have the freedom to... Yeah, it like, but it's still it's that, still that's why, I, that's why I don't bounce against protesters because in the same right we have to throw these parties and these festivals and have these parades they have the same right to scream at us about it so. I guess so and I uh, just want to let you all know if any of you warriors are homophobic or have a problem with gay people or trans people or you know, people other than yourself, if you have a problem with that, then, well, you can kindly fuck off. Unless you're in Russia. What? Russian, in a lot of Russian culture, especially Soviet Union leading into Russian culture, they don't believe 
LGBTQ plus people actually exist. You're kidding, right? No, I'm really not. It's a whole cultural standpoint. Like I'm, I'm, well, well, I'm you mean an older man who was raised in Soviet Russia. You mean they're not taught of the existence of gay people? Yeah, they're. Well, that's not sad. Taught. That's sad, but I'll, I, I, I can accept that. Okay, that's okay. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's acceptable. Should but be, should be done. Yeah. <sighs> I did not know that. I'm gonna be honest with you. That's crazy. Yeah, it's actually fairly common in a lot of foreign nations that have been under communist ruling before. Hmm. To where homosexuality just, they're not taught that it exists. All right. My mistake, minor setback. If you are not uh, acceptable. If you're in America and you're like that, fuck off. But yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Yeah. That doesn't teach you and you've never been exposed. Eh. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not as bad. But if you are fully aware of it and you still don't accept it, then fuck you! All right, so rip headphone users of this podcast, and uh, now we move I've on to Switchblader. Who gives his... <laughs> and now we move on to Switchblader, who will give us his thoughts on Pride Month. I've, I've pretty much respected the LGBT community. I pretty much respected them. And also... For a year. What? You lived with me for a year, so I would hope... <laughs> Well, I was used to it because I was even when I was in school, I had friends who either came out as bi or they came out as pansexual or even gay in the sense. And mm-hmm. through that, I can think of a couple. You yes, you know those. You know those few saber, but not that. <laughs> Uh, he did it once already, so it's all right. All right. Um, I well, with that, I mean, I pretty much didn't look at them differently because of the fact that's what they well, not that they were, but that's what they wanted. And I never said, "Oh, because you're this, I don't want to be friends with you or don't want to be around you." No, I accepted them for who they were because. Pretty much, I mean, a long time ago, one man said it's not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. But with this, it's not exactly. by the sex. It's not by the sexuality. It's by what you are. It's the content of your character. And mm-hmm. even I'll even say this: two months back, those few Hades you know about, we all talked, and for some reason it got put into a discussion with me if I was to be any of that, would I be with anyone in the group or would I be with anyone in general? And I said... I call oh. dibs. <laughs> I've had dibs for years, damn it. <laughs> well, I mean, it, he got dibs. Well, rules I told him... I told... Yes, yes, rules are rules. You called it. And I said, if I was... There was only two people, one I would be with because of the fact that when he came to me and told me that he came out, I pretty much just couldn't understand what 
had happened, he pretty much went into a full discussion about his dad, how his family was, just how everything was going. And I pretty much was talking to him and told him, like, dude, they're just doing this to put you down for what you really want to be and who you want to be. And for that, they are not accepting that, which Mm -hmm. they should. There's nothing you can do to change that. That's how they want to be. And for you, if you, if this is truly who you are and what you want, then go for it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hate you for it. I'm not going to say nothing else about it. You are you. And I accept you for that. Well, that was a nice story, Switchblader. And I'm sure many of you warriors out there have something like that that you've experienced. And, well, we just want to let you guys know that this is a safe place. And you are loved and you are welcome. But we do not tolerate hate. And, uh, yeah, that's... uh, and feel free and feel free to reach out. If you guys are ever in a situation where you need someone to talk to, I I was a licensed counselor and a psych major. You were? Yeah. I did not know that. You also thought I was a criminal justice major. So. I thought you were for a minute, but I got you I guess I got you confused with someone else, but anyway, uh that is it about Pride Month. And, well, now we're going to be strolling on to the singular purpose of this podcast, and that is talking about professional wrestling. So uh, we each picked a match. Well, vintage wrestling, to be exact. So we each picked a match from a certain timeline. We picked from 1975 to 1995. A nice 20-year gap, you know. And, well, we each picked a match, and we're going to be talking about the match that we picked and what we thought about it and, you know, just dissecting it. And, well, uh, you guys have any – what was that? Holy shit. It's Is that a bear? Dogs. No, those are my dogs. Oh, Jesus. No it's, no, it's my two pit bulls there. Being assholes because we have a guest over. Sounds like a really small bear. <laughs> nah, she ain't a bear. She's a blue nose <laughs> pit bull. I love bears. Oh, well, she's a blue nose. Yeah. That explains it. Huh. Well, those are beautiful dogs, though. Good dogs. Oh, have. they're pretty. They're pretty. They're, well, they're, they're nice. Well, actually, they're both rescues. We oh, got them a long time ago. I just I couldn't take them with me when I moved to West Virginia a while back, and I couldn't take them with me to Florida, so I was able to bring them here. All right. Well, that's nice. And yeah. uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, we each picked a match, 1975, 1995, and going to be talking about that, and well, let us know if you guys have any vintage wrestling matches you guys like. And uh, any of you guys want to go first? I'll go. All right. Go ahead. So, I, I said my favorite wrestler from the 80s was Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. 
Switchblader went with Ric Flair. Well, the match I chose to watch after deliberating with my dad and getting some recommendations from him was the 1989 NWA Clash of Champions 6 Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat match. Oh, oh. now is this for the uh, NWA World's Heavyweight Champion? Yes. Yes. Love it. NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, man. Both men have had it, and ah, such a good one. All right, all right, go ahead, go ahead. I I watched this match probably four times, and then I looked up articles, which I'm currently looking at an article now about it. And the simple fact that Flair won this match still surprises me. Mm-hmm. The first fall. Oh, it was it was it two out of three falls? Yeah. Oh, okay. Then Ricky won the second fall. And then Ricky won the third fall. So Ricky won it. Ricky Steamboat won it fully. Awesome. But this match took forever. <laughs> As most Ric Flair matches do. This was a 55-minute match. God. That's long as hell. And this was when they were both young and at the height of their careers. And this was uh, what year again? 1988 or 89? 89. Oh, okay. When NWA was still in its prime. Oh, yes. Yes, no doubt. And this match, every second threw me for a loop. Because between the broad, the broad athleticism between the two, and just the maneuverability of Steamboat versus Flair, like it, it was a damn moment a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm sure there were a lot of false finishes too. You thought it was going to end one second and the next. Oh, yeah, you know? a, a lot of false pins. A lot of false pins to where, like, oh, 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 and then kick out. And then five seconds later, and it would happen again. And it just kept going back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, that's, that's something amazing about this sport, though. It, it, it just keeps you on the edge of your seat no matter what happens. And uh, any closing thoughts on that match? They just brutalized each other, and it's still... Like, I have watched, like, my favorite match is probably Cena versus Big Show at Mania 20. But th- this is a close, after watching this match and reading the articles, this this is a close second to that. Well, that was a great pick, I gotta say. I have not seen that match, but any match between Steamboat and Flair, it's always going to be a classic. Uh, the match I picked, uh, let me go ahead and pull up the date. I found it on YouTube, and I watched it. I watched it twice, but for some reason it didn't have a, uh, what's it called? It didn't have a uh, uh, a time stamp on it or anything. So I had to go back at uh, a certain website and look up the match on my own and it had the promotion on it. It was AJPW, All Japan Pro Wrestling, 
And this was Dusty Rhodes versus Harley Race. And this one is from 1979. So a bit of an older one, but still, you know. I didn't know Dusty was in Japan. I didn't either, honestly. I I didn't know he was in Japan until I saw this. So uh, looking back at it, it was pretty much just a normal, uh, not I wouldn't say preliminary, but it was just an ordinary match, uh, one-on-one exhibition. Uh no title on the line. It was just a simple fight between Dusty and Harley. And I had not seen Harley race in a very long time, but it was a very good time to see him again, really. I, I liked watching I liked watching him. Uh, Dusty, I've seen a few of his matches, him uh, with Flair, Bruiser Brody, uh you know, him with the Road Warriors. I've seen several of his matches. And he's he's always been a good favorite of mine. Uh, the match, uh, it really capitalized on the, purpose, um, the sole purpose of trying to make Dusty look strong, but still put Harley over. So them putting Harley Race in the position of an overpowering kind of being towards the end, but having Dusty you know, get a few good jabs in and keeping the headlock. I didn't know he utilized the headlock so much, but it, it makes sense because you wear down the jaw and the chin and then you work to the head. It's kind of like joint manipulation, but with the head. I, I get that. So a pretty decent match. Uh, Harley Race picking up the W. And, you know, it, it really said a lot about Japanese wrestling too because um, – Japan is a completely different place compared to uh, America, the UK, or Mexico with uh, crowds because they all sit, everyone's quiet, and they watch. Uh, they clap here and there whenever they see something they like, but no one is hold- barely anyone is holding signs. There are barely any kids. They're they're just sitting and they're watching these these Goliaths, you know. And it was a great match. I, I really liked it. And it was kind of cool seeing how Dusty could still get a reaction out of such a quiet crowd, you know? So it was good to see that he could reach down and pull up something that they can react to. It was still good to see that. And uh, my favorite going into this match was Dusty, because I'm more of a Dusty fan than I am of Harley Race. But Harley Race picking up the victory effectively and honestly in a pretty acceptable way it it wasn't a bad match all right and uh switchblader your turn brother see that switchblader no can't hear him oh there he is there he is. Hey guys. Um, sorry, I was looking up the date of what I was. I thought it happened in the nineteen, like early nineteen nineties, like ninety five, ninety four. But no, this happened until nineteen ninety six. So I kind of fucked up on this one. Ah, that's okay. That's okay. Well, we can look past this rule once. Go ahead. All right, the match I picked and pretty much I watched and could think about when you said vintage matches, like matches that were so good and had the storyline, the publicity, everything to it, 
was and the match is March thirty first, nineteen ninety six, WrestleMania twelve, Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels for the WWF oh, yes. title in yes. the sixty minute. Uh, and and this one was when uh uh Mike Tyson was a special guest referee, right? No, that was um that was fourteen. That was when Sean faced Stone Cold. Wait, who did you say again? Stone Cold versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 14 for the WWF title. That was when Mike Tyson was okay, involved. And the, and the match you picked was which Bret, one again? Hart, Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know why, but I just mistaken Bret for Austin. But anyway, uh, well, that was a great <sighs> match too. That was WrestleMania 12, right? Yes. Yeah, that was the zip line. Yep, that was yeah. when the boyhood dream became true. Yep, when he finally won the WWF championship. And uh, Brett, of course, being a strong champion and a strong rival of Sean uh, for a long time, following up to that match and soon after. But um, yeah. that was that was a great match. But a lot of people remember that not only because of the boyhood dream, but also the entrance, whatever he did the zip line. And I didn't know this, but did you know Vince did that too? Yeah. He pretty yeah. much, he made it the rule that if there was a dangerous stunt involved any competitor that they didn't feel comfortable doing, he would do it first to make sure it was all right. <laughs> and if they, and if uh, he was okay, they did it. Uh that's awesome, though. I, I was looking – someone posted about it on Instagram. They said uh, it was, you know, Vince uh, on commentary and Sean was doing it. And he's like, ah, what a ride, ah, and all that, you know. And yeah. But then they, they showed before it, uh, before they had people pulling in and shit, and it was Vince doing it. And I, I, I was so – Confused, it was like a fever dream. Why is Vince McMahon doing a zip line? <laughs> it should be Shawn Michaels. What's what's happening? Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, continue because because uh, I actually love this match. I just through watching it, I even was looking at YouTube videos of the promos and even like trailers that they did building up to it, and I just love the story there because you have. The one guy who pretty much he's known wrestling his entire life. He was born in it. He grew up with it. He trained in it. And to go in to WrestleMania to face this guy who was polar opposites to him. He loved the flash. He loved the fame. But not only that, he had something with him that... For some reason, people, fans all around the world were just like admiring him, just seeing that happen compared to a guy like Brett, who Mm -hmm. worked hard into getting everything, but not just work hard, you know, had the passion to keep going and going to keep his legacy going on and to have this guy come in who says, I know I can beat you. I know I'm the best. I've known it since I stepped foot in the ring, and I know I can beat you. And then going into that match to see how the startup went, because you had both Sean and Brett, who were good technical wrestlers, 
but Brett had a little bit of more to him than Sean did. Mm-hmm. And to see how the match kept going after each fall, it was like, who's going to win? Like, who is going to be the champion? Like, if this isn't over soon, someone's going to die because of this. Just like the death match I was talking about earlier. This yeah. match was just pure guts, pure passion driven. And just to know one of them was going to come out on top, I admire and love this match so much. And the, again, again, this was one of their great matches, but this match was more than a great match. This match was what made the rivalry. This is what yes. made this is what made fans say this is the greatest rival one of the greatest rivalries of professional wrestling or of the WWF. This was the match that solidified their careers as rivals. Yes. I agree I agree with you. And to know that at the end when the double count out happened to know that this match was going to continue beyond what it was supposed to be gave it more, gave mm-hmm. it more to what needed to be. And just to see once Sean hit that super kick on, on Brett, the sweet, sweet chin, chin music. music, the sweet chin music, as soon as he hit it, I just knew right then and there, that's what the business should be about. You need to have more of what I kind of want to say you need to have what the attitude era and even a little bit before that had. It's that passion. I'd say most of it at least. What, don't you agree? No. Can't hear him. Yeah, I can't either. (laughs) I thought he was disagreeing with me hardcore at first. Yeah, just full on gives the silent treatment. The silent like, treatment, like he didn't. Like, no, what was wrong with you? Like, fuck your opinion. I ain't even gonna talk anymore. Yeah. Uh, I got a phone call when. Nah, you're was, good. But I would just say, just to know, like how that match went, it was something. No doubt. Well, you know something that they could have done to work out that rivalry, Brett and Sean, just saying. You know, or maybe after they could have had that match, they could have gone down the squared circle burgers and got themselves oh some pretty great food. God. So this place keeps getting better and better each time I look at it. Guys, you guys need to try this place. I am very serious. Get the Bruiser, get the American Dream, get the Lariat, the San Martino, and now making its return, the Chief Mayavia, one of the most beloved squared circle burgers of all time. Of course, they also have the FBI, the Macho Man, the Latino Heat, and many, many more. But if you're not in the burgers, that's okay, because they also have taco salad. On Taco Salad Tuesday, they have a special. But they also have chicken sandwiches, loaded boneless wings, Monte Cristo, Pizza Cristo, hot dogs. Literally, there's something for everyone here at this place. Of course, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, this is Squared Circle Burgers, a local eating establishment of ours. Support your small businesses. And they are located you've had yet. They are located on 542 Campbell's Creek Drive in Charleston, West Virginia, if you guys want to check them out. Uh, they also have an Instagram and a Facebook and a website, squaredcirclewv.com. 
and uh, just go out, get yourself a good burger, you know, and look at all the merch that they have on the wall of the excellent wrestling memorabilia. And this is just a great place. I'm sure you can find something you like there. If you guys want to try out the greatest eating establishment of all time, and of course, one of the only few professional wrestling ones, it is Squared Circle Burgers, 542 Campbell's Creek Drive, or you can give them a call, and that is Tuesday to Sunday, 11 to 9. They have new hours now, and their number is 681-205-2538, and that is Squared Circle Burgers. I am damn good at this. I, I don't care. Like I, I said, I think that's the best transition you've done yet. I have developed unity. Damn good. I am fluid. I am precision. Squared circle burgers. But anyway. Starting to sound like Randy Orton. <laughs> well, that is it for Talk is War of today. A uh, few announcements that we have before we let you guys go here. Uh, Alpha Flicks is coming up very, very soon. So be sure to listen for announcements and the next show that we do of talk is war will be our super no sorry our 69th super show and what is going to make it super who knows tune in to find out a whole lot of sex jokes oh yeah so that, that, <laughs> some some yes there, there's got to be but there's going to be more than just sex jokes more than just wrestling oh, talk i have an announcement well oh okay go ahead go ahead because i got to I got to give my buddy a shout out for, for all our West Virginia warriors, September 25th at the classic plastics toy store in grand central mall in Parkersburg, West Virginia. Come out and see Sergeant Slaughter. Oh my God. No way. The Sarge. Really? Yes. That is so cool. That is so cool. And, um, you know, he, he's got pretty good figures of his own because he was a GI Joe. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really cool. That is really cool. Well, you heard it here, guys. Go ahead and come out to, uh, where was it? Classic Plastics Toy, Toy Store in Grand Central Mall in Parkersburg, West Virginia. You heard it here, Warriors, from West Virginia, of course. And, uh, again, Alpha Flicks coming up. And uh, next episode of this podcast is going to be the 69th Super Show. And how is it going to be Super you're just going to have to tune in to find out that is coming within the next week. And I think that's all I have to say. Any closing words for the warriors guys? Stay tuned. You never know what's going to happen next. All right. Very, very promising words. Hades. Be prepared for next time. Oh yes. From Alpha Z. Switchblader. And Hades. We will see you next time on Talk is War.